Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 Podcasts. We're your hosts, Suzanne Kearns and Missy Stevens. We want to help you through everything that happens in the ellipses, from your professional life to your emotional health. You're a mom and so much more. Let's figure out what comes next together. Welcome to the Mom and Dot 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 podcast. I'm Suzanne Kearns, Mom and Dot 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 writer, LGBTQ and sex ed advocate. And today, the searcher of a missing computer that UPS said they handed to oh. someone yesterday, but it was not me. So, oh, Merry no. Christmas to my daughter and her missing computer. Oh, that's not good. Okay. I know. If they resolve that. And I Thank wonder who in your neighborhood has a computer. I know. Congratulations. It's a nice one. Huh. And I'm Missy Stevens, mom and dot, 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 writer, foster child advocate, and this week, really excited Horn Frog fan. They are headed to the Big 12 Championships. I'm not really a football person, but you can't help but get excited. Who are the Horn Frogs? TCU Horn Frogs. Oh, sorry. That's my alma mater. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. It's a really, really scary mascot. Do you have a t-shirt um, on for them? I have my sweatshirt on. Okay. Look, see, there's a Horn Frog. <laughs> Y'all need to go to YouTube just to check that out. <laughs> so, yeah. And today we're really excited to have Liz Porter on the show. Liz is a mom and dot, 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 boss lady and creative mind behind Pew Pew Lasercraft, a home decor. Go, pew, pew. I know, I love it. A home decor and accessories company for those who don't take life too seriously. She's been a lifelong maker and crafter, and after going to school for graphic design, has always leaned into design focused options. There's not much that brings her more joy than a custom order that lets her help bring a customer's idea to life. Liz lives in the Sierra foothills in Northern California with her husband, Jamie, son, Max, and a couple of cats and a dog. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, so excited. I know our paths have crossed a million times at Mom 2, all the things, and we know all the same people, but for some reason, we've not had an opportunity to just sit down and really get to know you a little bit more. I know, crazy. <laughs> I know. So yeah, we ran a little bit through your bio there, but can you give our listeners a little Liz 101 about where your career started and how it's progressed through the years? So my path has been a circuitous one. Uh, I went to school. I went to art school for graphic design and advertising. Uh, my plan was to be, you know, a Don Draper type <laughs> Uh, in the, in the world, I was going to be this high powered ad creative. Uh, that's not how things worked out because things never work out exactly how you plan when you're 17. Um, so I worked as a graphic designer for a number of years. I designed junk mail. I designed phone book ads. I did all sorts of assorted design work. And in like 2010, I found out about social media and social marketing is a thing. And so I kind of pivoted into social marketing, which was a great combination for me of like design and this newly sort of evolving passion that I discovered for the whole social marketing concept. So Mm -hmm. I did that. I worked at a couple of startups and a very large tech company that rhymes with frugal uh, (laughs) for a while. And so, uh, so I did that for a number of years. And then four years ago, I got my first laser and it was a thing uh, we had a membership at a makerspace years ago and they had a laser and it's when they were all, they started at like 30 or $40,000. So it wasn't really a thing that you could just have at home. Oh yeah. And they, the the joke around the makerspace was this is the, it's like the gateway drug. Of <laughs> once you, once you take the class, you're going to be obsessed. And it's true. 
I took the class. I was obsessed. And so when they started coming down in price to this sort of reasonable, like I I could swing a couple thousand dollars sort Mm -hmm. of thing, I got one and basically launched my business. My my first laser was delivered on Halloween. I tried to convince my 10-year-old that he didn't need to go trick-or-treating so that I could stay home and play with it. He's not a fan. <laughs> and so it just kind of went from there. So I officially launched Pew Pew Lasercraft in January of 2019. And it was part-time. I was still working full-time in Silicon Valley at the time. So it was just like a side thing. It was fun. You know, I would post on Facebook, look, I made earrings. And then people would be like, I want earrings. And uh, so... Again, I love the design part of it. And so it really allows me to sort of flex those creative muscles that I didn't necessarily get to do in my day job. So can you explain to us, people who don't know what the lasers are, like, what does that even look like? Does this take up a room? Does it take up a desk? Does it look like a sewing machine? Oh, do you have one right there? It's right there. That's, yeah, that's my thing. Y'all got to go to YouTube and look at that. Yeah, it's big. So I can cut up to 24 by 36 inches. So that's like the bed. Okay. Um, so it's like a great big printer is kind of what it looks like. Essentially, that uses a laser instead of ink. Okay. So like I design in Illustrator and the, and like use some Photoshop, but I primarily do my design work in Illustrator. And then I send it like it's a big printer. Um, I have, you know, special software that allows me to like create all of the settings because you can control the speed and the power, all of that sort of stuff to really tweak what you're going to get depending on the material that you're using and um, all those sorts of things, different looks with engraving and all of that. And what Um, are the material options? So I primarily work in wood and acrylic. So like sheet plastic, Mm -hmm. uh, just because that comes in a million great colors and like special effects, there's glitter and iridescent and holographic and all sorts of cool stuff. And so uh, those are my primary materials. I do also work with leather. So I will make, if my husband hadn't taken my car, I would be wearing my hat with my logo on it. Um, (laughs) But so I do some leather work. I engrave tumblers, like Yetis and things like that. How do you Um, get those in the printer? They fit. (laughs) They Suzanne's the nuts and bolts girl. I just like picturing this. (laughs) So I can actually raise and lower the surface inside the laser. And so I can do up to about six inches tall. And then I have a rotary, so I lay the cup on the rotary, and then it actually spins, like, Uh, at the right speed as the laser is going across. Um, All of my visual hand motions are so useful (laughs) for a podcast. Um, And so, yeah, so basically I could do round items, and, I like, I have a bunch of tumblers I'm going to do when we're done here. I have a wide variety of, of things that I can do. You know, I've... I'll engrave like on tops of boxes. I did a an urn for a friend of mine for her dog's ashes. Oh, and um, yeah, and so we like engraved a picture, a beautiful picture of him on it. You know, so stuff like that. And that's one of my examples of making a customer's sort of vision come to life. She's that's like, I have to so... do something. Is yeah. it loud? It's pretty loud. It's Is mostly it? <laughs> because there's an exhaust fan. Oh, okay. so like it makes some noise when you turn it on, but the fan that I have makes the most noise because it's sucking all that smoke and stuff up out and then blowing it out the window. I'm in a temporary workspace right now. We'll get more into that yeah. in a little bit. So I it'll be different once I'm in my permanent space that'll knock the volume down a bit so that I don't have to crank the volume on my music or my podcast all the <laughs> way up so that I can hear it. Um, so yeah, 
So we want to talk about your temporary workspace because we really want to talk some about like how we support moms when they are really doing their thing, their momming, their work, whatever it is under extreme circumstances. And you have had some extreme circumstances. Just a little bit. Yeah, just a little. And we want to start with a fire with whatever you're comfortable sharing and telling us about. Um, But the fire will kind of explain why you're in a temporary space. Yes. So my temporary space is actually my father-in-law's wood shop. He passed away in 2021. This will come into play. He passed away in May of 2021. So it's a like a shed, you know, like a tough shed out next to my mother-in-law's house, uh, which is where we are currently living and have been living for the last 15 months uh, wow. since a wildfire swept through and burned down our house and everything in it one year and one day after we bought it. Mm. Oh. Uh, my husband and I say zero stars do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. So we did. We lost our house. It was one of a hundred in the fire. So in the scale of California wildfires, it was small. It was only twenty five hundred acres, and only a hundred houses were lost. Uh, <sighs> yeah, but only. But every nobody, single one nobody of those died. Counts. The only injuries were people who jumped into the river to get away from the fire. Oh, wow. Like, and so, I mean, it was like somebody, I think best, I want to say they messed up their knee and somebody else like broke an arm or something. So, but like those are the only injuries. So in the realm of horrific wildfires, it could have been a lot worse. People do say, well, at least you only lost stuff. And it's like, yes, but it was my stuff. And I liked it. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And and not um, even this stuff. I mean, stuff is bad enough, but it's just... Like the fact that you've been out of sorts for how, 16 months and more? Yeah. Yeah. August 5th of 2021. Yeah. Wow. So, I mean, um, that's just, it just throws your whole life into yeah. chaos. And it's, there's kids to manage and, it, and it, animals to manage. Yeah. And uh, my husband's actually late at the time. And so we we tried to like set the bar real low to have a good year this year. So, you know, we started we started with a layoff and then we lost my father-in-law, which was totally like not expected. Um, And and then our house burned down, what, two and a half months after he was gone. So, yeah, it wasn't a great it wasn't a great year for us. But 2022 has been much better. So, (laughs) Well, that's good. Okay, so there's there's that. And as Missy said, just, you know, doing your thing, even in the face of chaos and all this stuff going on, you're just still plugging along. Like, it's how, where, where do you pull from to do that? I don't know. No, there's not. <laughs> it's very much. It's like, I just, I have to. There's not an alternate option. I need a house for my family. So I have to right. deal with rebuilding. And I have to deal with the absolute ridiculousness of the number of government agencies that you have to deal with when your house burns down in a wildfire i don't have i can't can't just be like i don't want to deal with this like yep you know and so uh it's just this this is what we have to do and there's life can be so amazing and so great and and happy and wonderful and everything but you also have to deal with the the mud and the garbage and the crap in order to get to the really good parts. And so parenting under extreme circumstances, Max, my 14-year-old, was actually born at 28 weeks. So he only weighed two pounds. He spent 91 days in the NICU. We don't do anything the easy way. 
Um, <laughs> and I remember sitting next to his isolate. Like I couldn't even just like touch him without right. nurse, like giving me permission. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there and it was like, okay, I know, I know my conscious brain knows that someday this time is going to be a blink that mm. now, so I just have to get through. They had told us it would probably be about three months. So I'm like, I just have to get through the next three months and then I can start getting to where this time is a blink. And yeah. so like at, right after the fire, I was like, okay, I've done this. I know that I have this big long road in front of me and that eventually it'll just be like, you know, my li- our lives will always be before the fire and after the fire. Right. Like there's no question that that's going to be like a big sort of signifier in our lives. Sure. But mm-hmm. I don't want it to be a primary function of my personality. Yeah. Um, it's just this thing that we, you know, it was a card that we were dealt and we dealt with it and then we're moving forward. And so as we get closer and closer. So we're currently looking at probably moving into our new house middle to end of January. So we're getting so close. Congratulations. Yes. And my husband even, he's like, every day when I come home from work, because our our street, we drive right past our street every day to get to where we're staying. Mm. And he's like, every day it gets harder and harder not to turn there. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like a house now. It's painted. Like, it doesn't have a front door yet, but it's painted. (laughs) And so it's like, it's we're getting to this very frustrating part where it's just oh, we're so close we're so close you know oh, oh. I'm like him we have got a, some neighbors building a house across the street from us and I mean it's it's probably like six months from being finished but I'm like certainly oh, yeah. someone could just go in there like it's fine yeah. like yeah. they just need to pretty it up a little we want yeah. neighbors um, it's such an amazing gift to have that perspective that you had when you were talking about when your son was a newborn I remember having a newborn and thinking. Well, that's it. I'm never even going to like I cried into a bowl of cereal because I thought I would never eat a bowl of cereal without being interrupted again, which is such a right. silly thing to be upset about. But, you know, yeah. when you're just oh, in no. the trenches of <laughs> it's real. <laughs> and I just remember weeping and I couldn't see my way out of it. And eventually I got to that. And, and that's what I always tell new moms is, yeah, you yep. may not be able to see your way out, but it's coming. And I think it's great that you were able to get there on your own. And now you've used that lesson again in your life. And that's just, I would like to stitch that on a pillow. Like (laughs) this will be in the past. You can laser it. Yeah. You can laser laser it. it. (laughs) (laughs) I know a guy. Okay. And now, so as if the fire is not enough, you've also been dealing with health issues is around dialysis and then Mm -hmm. also a kidney transplant. So you've been dealing with a lot of that. Um, tell us what has that process looked like? How is how is that fed into everything else? Well, I think that that's where my sort of ability to look at things down the road as the blink. Um, I think this is where it came from because I first got sick. I was like 22. And so this has been a thing for my entire adult life, whether right. it's being on dialysis or having a transplant. Like Technically, I'm always chronically ill. I'm always in end-stage renal disease, whatever, because it is considered incurable. Mm-hmm. A kidney is a treatment, not a cure. Um, Interesting. And so I just, it's just sort of at this point built into my identity. You know, it's not that I had surgery because I broke my leg really bad or something. It's like, this is a 
permanent part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's where I got that sort of ability to to take that approach on when these like crappy long-term things happen. Yeah. I forgot what the question actually was. Oh, no, I just, for those of <laughs> us you who aren't <laughs> familiar with the process, oh, especially, right. you know, with dialysis or, you know, yeah. with the transplant, I guess, starting with dialysis, like what does sure. that look like? I'm sure it varies person to person, but what did that look like for you on a it, daily or uh, weekly basis? Yeah. So there's actually sort of a two-part thing to it. So this most recent time, so I just got my transplant August 30th of this year. It was like, it's like three months and two days ago that I wow. got this, my transplant. So um, it would have been five years on dialysis in like the middle of October is when mm-hmm. I went back on. So at first did what's called peritoneal dialysis. So it's done at home overnight while you're sleeping. Um, oh. it's, a, it's a totally different sort of method than what people picture as dialysis, which mm-hmm. is hemodialysis. Um, mm-hmm. So PD is... So your peritoneum is like the lining of your abdominal cavity, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the bag that holds all your organs together. So it also will work as a filter using osmosis. So what they do is they implant a tube in your stomach and you fill your stomach, your peritoneum with what's essentially sugar water. It's like a 1% dextrose solution. So you leave it in there while, and this is, you have a machine that'll pump it and drain it and pump it and drain it while you're sleeping. And so it basically fills you up and then your body is like, wait, what is this? Oh, it's sugar water. There's no waste products in it, but there's lots of waste products in all this blood because my kidneys aren't clearing anything mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm. So here, let's trade. So it'll then filter through the lining of your abdomen to actually get the waste products out and then into the solution. So it sits for a few hours and then it drains out and then it refills. And so it'll do that like three or four times over the course of the night. Science it's is really freaking cool. amazing. Like, yeah, it's so cool. It's... And also, like, who came up with that? Like, yeah, the whole so... time you're talking, I'm like, who decided? Maybe we'll try yeah. this. Oh, my god! so it was great. I, in, as, if I have to be on dialysis, PD is awesome. Like, it loosens up the dietary restrictions compared to hemo, the other dialysis. I could go away for the weekend if I want. I travel. Like, I was able to go to mom, too. Mm-hmm, like, yeah. all of the times that I was on dialysis. And. So it's like it leaves a lot more. I even went to Ireland for work. Um, and so it just, it's a lot more flexibility than the in-clinic. So what does that machine I, look like then? I, don't, I mean, literally, not just show um, us, but like what does that mean it, for carrying it around? You know, good. I don't have it anymore. So it's, um, it's about maybe yay big by yay big. It's not super big. It's basically a scale and a pump. So you put right. the bags of solution like on top and then you like put tubes through this little holder thing. And then it controls like how much is in and how much is out and how okay. much is in. So it's like yeah, carry, it's... carry on bag size. Yes. As far yeah. As so like okay. my clinic had like a rolling suitcase that I could borrow for travel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, a little bigger. It was like a bigger bag, mostly because of the padding yeah. to keep your expensive medical equipment safe. So, right. um, but yeah, so it's not a super complex machine. And I loved PD. But unfortunately, got a terrible, terrible infection called peritonitis, which is an infection of that lining. And so I wasn't able to do that anymore. So then I had to switch two and a half years ago to the in-clinic hemodialysis, which is what most people picture when Mm -hmm, they picture dialysis. And so that was three times a week for about four hours. You're in a chair in a room full of other people who are on dialysis. 
and it's stricter dietary restrictions, which is the hardest part for me. The, the dialysis diet is no joke and it sucks. Um, mm. and what, what does that look like? So it's low potassium and low phosphorus and low sodium is blood pressure is an issue for you. Okay. But so potassium is like bananas and potatoes and all of that sort of stuff, okay. uh, which are two things I happen to love. And then <laughs> phosphorus is the, the tough one, really, because it is not listed when you look at like the dietary chart on yeah. food. It's mm -hmm. not included. So you can't just be like, oh, how much phosphorus is in this? Oh. So you just have to like know. And the thing is, dairy is very high in phosphorus, oh. um, dried beans, whole grains and chocolates and so it but it's just like so the dairy and like whole grains are really hard because it i spend all this time like training myself to eat grown-up whole wheat bread yeah like, i can't have it and it's cold outside and i can't have oatmeal and so it's like it's just it's this super weird and very inconvenient yes. cheese-free life that is not great and yeah. and then add on top of that it's basically a part-time job you said three times a week four hours three a day times a week so yeah add in commuting back and forth yeah. to and it. for me I'm like 25 minutes from my clinic yeah because um, we are you know kind of rural up here so I had to commute yeah. down into the clinic but um yeah it's it's a lot of time and in my case it was I was lucky I was on first shift so it was like my actual like dialysis time is like 6 15 to 9 15 in the mm -hmm. morning so I had to be up like five Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so that I could get down there. And then it's there's like the connection time and then the disconnection time. And um, right. Yeah. So it's it's blocked. I've done it while working like in an office job. And it's easier when I'm not working for somebody else that I do have control over my schedule and stuff. So I could come home and take a nap if I needed to. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But yeah, it, it's very time consuming and exhausting. Oh, it's exhausting. Right. Yeah. And are there so social supports for people like that's what uh, I was about to partial, ask, like, uh, unemployment people type who don't thing? have a flexible job? Like, so, yeah, do? a lot of people end up having to go on to disability because mm -hmm. they can't, you know, their job is unable. Like if you work for a smaller company, they just can't manage with the, you know, the flexibility that somebody who's on dialysis might need. Mm -hmm. Right. And I am an anomaly in that I've been on often on dialysis since I was 22. Like I was, if not the youngest at my clinic, I was like in the bottom, maybe three or four mm -hmm. um, at 45. And so, you know, it's a lot of older, they're retired or they were close to retirement anyway. Um, so it's not as much of a concern in like the dialysis population at large. A lot of them are already on social security and then social security disability. Mm -hmm. um, so but like I'm on Medicare at 45 because you automatically get Medicare with end-stage renal disease. So I'm on that. And now that I've got my transplant, I'll be on it for 30 months post-transplant. And then I'll be back sort of into the normal insurance world. I feel like you have a wealth of knowledge on government stuff, like between the forms and the agencies with the fire and then the insurance and the health. Like, do you feel like a looking encyclopedia? <laughs> You're right, right. Sometimes, sometimes. Yeah. Do people um, come to you for help? I try to make myself available, especially with the fire stuff, because I've said a hundred times, like our our community, like the town that we live in is like 2000 people. It is not a large town. 
there's a lot of people who have lived here for a very long time. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people, you know, I mean, I met this couple that are both like over 80 that lost their house Mm. and they're so sweet, but they are not spending the amount of time that I have spent researching online or dealing with phone, automated phone systems, or it's like, it's a mess. What I, my personal thing, I like the state needs to put together a binder that says your house burned down in a wildfire. Now what? And yes. that's just like a list because you're you're managing. So we were a federal disaster. So we're managing federal organizations, right? There's FEMA and the SBA, which actually is the largest source of disaster recovery funding. What they does do that stand low, for? Like low interest. Um, the SBA is the Small Business Administration. Okay. But they do the administration of low interest loans for rebuilding. So there's the SBA, there's FEMA. There's state organized. So the state helped us. They came and cleared our property. So they come in with bulldozers and they Mm -hmm. scoop up all the stuff and they take it away. And it's super toxic. Like all the things. Oh, yeah. Think about like how many half cans of paint and like camping fuel and cleaning supplies, like all this stuff that that melts and is toxic now. So they come in and they scoop everything up and then they actually have to like scrape like the top layer of soil oh Um, sure yeah and then they have to come so part of why it took so long so they refer to it as like getting your property back because Mm -hmm. you have to get this certificate from the state that says that you're cleared to rebuild like all of the environmental hazards have been dealt with yeah and they had to scrape our property like three separate times going down further and further just because there was so much yuck in the soil so they just had to like keep going and keep going and keep going i think our do new they come house... refill it after that then i don't it's okay we, we ended up so they pretty much flattened it and then when we were getting ready to break ground our builder came and they graded it to actually flat and then they pulled some dirt so we have four acres and our the whole property is like a slant it's like this with like mm-hmm. a flat spot in the middle and so they like pulled some dirt down off the hill to sort of fill in some of the bits and yeah. um, the whole sort of terrain has shifted a little mm-hmm. bit, um, which some of it's good. We've gained some more like parking area, which is excellent. Uh, <laughs> You're like, flatten like, that part out, please. Yeah. Well, because we're like up a hill, like our driveway is scary steep. And so we're up at the top. Otherwise, and our neighborhood doesn't have sidewalks. So it's like there's no good spots to park down right. below so it's good to have more parking right up by the house I so. dig out a pool while you're up there and- <laughs> Seriously. i think we're gonna try and pull off a hot tub Ooh, i think it's the i highly recommend we did that last yes. year i know for my birthday a month before the fire uh my husband Janie put together a stock tank hot tub for me oh yeah, yeah. so I, I we had like a tankless water heater outside and then the and it was like hooked up and we had a filter and then the tank it was great he like built a little deck around it so you had a place to put your drink those are so cool and but you know yeah i loved it for that month yes (laughs) oh my gosh okay well we got distracted from the actual transplant i just i i want to i want to get back into pew pew here so let's not linger too much on there but so three months ago you're three months yes and and i mean if I had just got a new kidney three months ago, I would still be laying in the bed. So look at you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ready. My brain is like, I am ready to be a hundred percent. And my body's like, yeah, you wish. (sighs) I hit a wall at a certain point 
that and then if I try and push past it still, I get a little like knocked out of commission for a day, but it's getting better every day, which is awesome just because I'm so ready to be back to, you know, when I make my to-do list, I can actually finish it sort of life. So I'm getting there. Well, I'm so glad. And so we, the reason we wanted to highlight that is because we've actually had two of our previous guests who have been kidney donators. We had MK, um, who, MK Backstrom, who, um, it's holy hot mess. Holy hot mess. We had her on to come talk about holy hot mess when that uh, was released. And then she has a brand new book too. So we'll link to all that in the show notes. Yeah. And then Catherine Perlman, um, Kat, uh, MK donated to a family member, but Catherine's story is a little extra incredible that she donated to someone who just had a flyer in the coffee shop. Uh, yeah, I actually ask. know Catherine. Oh, love her. Yeah. Love yeah. her. So we do like to highlight the that there are opportunities for people yeah. who really want to help people who are dealing yep. with this yes. and dealing with dialysis, taking up all of their lives. And mm-hmm. it really can be a, such a life changer, lifesaver for people. So what is the best way for people who are interested in thinking about donating to look into that? Yeah, so you can find a transplant clinic near you. I'm sure that the National Kidney Foundation website would have a database or you could just search, you know, Mm -hmm. kidney transplant near me or something. Uh, My transplants, all three of them, because I have had several, um, have been at UC San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, So they do what's called altruistic kidney donation, which is just a person that says, I feel called to donate a kidney. I have two. I only need one. So I just want to give it to somebody. And so mm-hmm. you can actually call a clinic. You can contact a clinic and then they, they can take you through the testing. And that is one way to donate. Uh, for me, I had some friends. I had put out a call on all of my social platforms and my blog and the whole thing. I'm like, OK, I'm ready to talk about this. I need a kidney. Uh, yeah. And so I actually was overwhelmed. I had so many people apply to donate to me that mm-hmm. UCSF was like, they need to stop because we have this backlog of people oh, to test. That's amazing. Uh, we can't. We're, they're like, we're drowning in applications, which is amazing. And like, I don't oh. even know. I don't even know who applied. A couple of people told me, oh, they ruled me out because this or that. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. A friend of my mother-in-law's was like, I'm too old. They won't let uh-huh. me. And I'm like, you're oh. so sweet. So, yeah. So they basically told me they were like, stop sending us people. We need to get through all of these ones. (laughs) And so because it was my third transplant, I made very difficult. So my antibody load. So your antibody load is impacted by things in your life, pregnancies, vaccinations, illnesses. It's like you have this profile, right? Almost Mm -hmm. like your DNA. You have this antibody profile. And so my load is 99 out of 100. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So it makes me very, very difficult to match, which is part of why it was great that I had so many people that I overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah. Um, because just it would increase my chances. So basically the decision or the the logic that we had was my best bet for a kidney was what's called a paired swap. So what it is, is they find somebody Rather than hoping that I happen to find somebody in my own life who is a match to this crazy profile that I have, Mm -hmm. they find somebody in my life. So one of my people 
who is a good donor, just mm-hmm. a donor, like who passes all the tests. They are, you know, they're in good shape, blah, blah, blah. They're just a good donor for somebody, person B, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm recipient A. And then, so I have donor A, who actually ended up being another internet friend. Her name is Kelly, and she lives in Minneapolis. So she basically is a good donor, just not for me. So we, as a pair, were listed on this national database of pairs. Okay. So then what happens is they try to find either a similar, a pair where we can like cross swap Mm -hmm. Uh so then like recipient b has a donor and that donor gives to me and then my kelly gives to the other recipient yeah um so which is what ours was we were just like a straight swap across so kelly's kidney was actually flown to new york and then my kidney came from georgia oh my gosh yeah again just like the the procedure that we were talking about before like these scientists are amazing like just the fact that people get so creative yeah. About thinking out these solutions. I love yeah, it. That they can fly a kidney <laughs> from California to the, New York. The amazing like, thing is they will do chains. They've done chains of up to 18. I think it's 18 people. Oh, my God. Where it's like A goes to B, B goes to C. Yeah. They like create these chains. So what's cool with the chains is an altruistic donor can be the person that kicks off a chain. Oh, yeah. cool. So you're not yeah. just helping one person. You're helping. You could. Right. Yeah. 18. Yeah. It's, oh, that's, it's, it's amazing. Like it's amazing. And all yeah. the people behind the scenes working yep. that out going, this one goes here and that one goes there. Yep. And people so, are pretty incredible. They're amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, and yeah. we think you are pretty incredible. And that's why we wanted to make sure in this holiday season that we're highlighting amazing moms that uh, we should be supporting their businesses. Um, help you get some new decorations for that house <laughs> that you're going to be <laughs> moving into in January. I have a whole stack of projects I'm working on. Oh, well, we, <laughs> hopefully we can awesome. uh, help fund some of those through sending some people to Pew Pew Laser Craft. Yeah, and can so, you tell us where to find you? Yeah. So pewpewlasercraft.com uh, is my website. It has all the things. And then I, it's the same Pew Pew Laser Craft on Instagram and TikTok. Although I'm not as good on TikTok as I should be. Oh, we are not. <laughs> we are and... singing our song. Goodness gracious. <laughs> like, I got work to do. I can't make content. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so that's where. Oh, and Facebook. It's Pew Pew Laser Craft everywhere. I would recommend my email list or Instagram are probably the best spots to get a hold of me. I do, like I said, I love custom orders. My favorite thing is when somebody calls me and is like, I want to make something for my mom that like has the grandkids on it. And then like, she really likes rabbits. So maybe <laughs> if we could do a thing with like rabbits and the kid, there's like five kids. And so I love getting like that sort of instruction and then mm-hmm. turning it into a thing. And then a month later, I get a picture of like a crying grandma holding this oh. thing that I made. Like my favorite. It's the best. I do like fundraising projects. I'll do, you know, I do custom ornaments for different like groups and organizations and Mm -hmm. teams and things. I've done a couple of like soccer team. They do ornaments for their end of year, whatever. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. So all all sorts of stuff. There's, you know, and there's things on my site and there's things that aren't on my site that I just haven't gotten around to posting. 
So there's stuff that's ready to go. So if people are like, I want to order yeah, today, I've been, and I, I don't I've need yeah, anything pretty much. Them, you can go order that, or you can do the mm -hmm. custom order, which I'm yep. assuming takes a little time. So you know, may not have that under the Christmas tree or in the Hanukkah package. Yeah, uh, it depends. Um, I do a lot of personalized ornaments too. I'm looking. I don't have anything laying here, but um, I oh, we'll like put I have some, some that are here. long distance, and you can do like states. So if you you have someone that you love that's in yeah. Rhode Island and you're in Nevada, we can like put the states on like mm -hmm. those sorts of things. So I do like there's 100 percent custom and then there's customized and Got then it. there's like ready to go. And so the ready to go stuff I can usually get out within a day or so. Um, personalized might be like three days. And then the the custom custom like from scratch, um, it it can take a bit just because. I'm only one person and, yes. you know, and then design, like I want you to love whatever yeah. design I end up coming up with. And so it, that's a bit of a process, but yeah. So very cool. Well, so I'm just putting this in people's minds for, I mean, even for Valentine's day graduation oh, yes. coming up, there's, I mean, mm -hmm. it's even though we are talking about it in particular for around the holiday season, right. yeah. I mean, this is an all year long things that you can do. So and yeah, I'm picturing some pretty cool, like high school graduation I know. possibilities I, with schools I did and a, stuff. I did a picture frame for the class of 2020, and it said zero stars, do not recommend. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cute. Uh, that one did pretty well. Uh, uh, but yeah, so, you know, there's lots, lots. And I'm always, I'm always like working on new ideas and new product development. So for people who actually watch on YouTube, like I have this little dog leash like it has a hook on it oh, for the leash. little tail. Like I have all the different breeds and stuff. And so I'm working on getting this up. That's my dog. But oh. um, yeah, so there's like, I'm oh, always posting these things. I two of those. I know. I was going to say, I have two dogs. I bet I you know, could... like, oh, those are real cute. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So yeah. there's lots of, lots of stuff and lots of ideas out there. And so, yeah, I just love all of it. Well, we really love supporting moms and moms businesses. So we hope our listeners will go check out the YouTube of this and see kind of what your setup looks like. And then <laughs> head to your website where, like I said, I have my eye on some earrings and I'm trying to decide what else <laughs> I'm ordering. But there's so much stuff on the website if you're looking for something right now. And then yeah. if you have creative ideas, send them in. Yeah. yeah. And then I did. I set up a promo code for listeners. Yes. So you can get 10% off with promo code MOMAND. Uh, no spaces, just mom ands. And that is valid through the end of February. Of oh, next year. So nice. Oh, we yeah. shared that in our Facebook group this week and we'll awesome. share it again when the episode runs. Great. Yes. Uh, yeah. That's so generous of you to do 10% yeah, of off. And yes. I think we could talk about all the things all day long, but it is time <laughs> for our look, listen, learns. If anyone is new here, we're so glad you're here and we welcome you. Um, and at the end of every show, we spend a few minutes just kind of talking about what we're looking at, reading, learning. Sometimes it's serious. Sometimes it's completely ridiculous. And we never like our guests to be in the hot seat first. So Suzanne, <laughs> tell us what you're look, listening, learning. Okay. Well, I'm kind of my look and my learn are the same, but um, I am looking at these books, Unscrewed women's sex power and how to stop letting the system screw us all by Jacqueline Friedman. Ooh. And then also a book that Jacqueline did with Jessica Valenti, Yes Means Yes, Visions of Female Sexual Power and a World Without Rape. And then along with that, 
um, Making Sense of It. It's a guide to sex for teens and their parents. I'm, as, as I say at the beginning of every episode, uh, advocate for sex ed. And the reason I have these and the reason I'm sharing them now, even though I've been looking at them for a while, is because Jacqueline and Allison, well, Allison was out sick, unfortunately, but uh, Jacqueline is one of the three people I was interviewing with for this job oh. that I have been just kind of referring to on social media and a few of the podcasts. I do not know if I'm getting the job and this will be coming out after I know whether I'm getting the job. So I didn't want it to be one of those things where I'm like, hey, I got your book. Give me the job. <laughs> so, so this is the episode I needed to share them on just because they I think they are all really, really important books. And um, they the company is called Educate Us and it is part of Seekus and Seekus is a group that promotes comprehensive and medically accurate sex ed for all kiddos K through 12 and educate us as their more public facing group that tries to get sex ed in school. So obviously this is something that's near and dear to my heart. I do not know if I'm going to get this job. And again, I'm strategically running this <laughs> so that it doesn't look like it's a begging for the job. I will know yes or no before this runs. Um, but I do think that I, it's just such an important organization, whether I am getting paid to work for them or I'm supporting them in any other ways that I can. I just want to make sure that everybody knows about them, educate us. So I will be putting the link to that in the show. Well, technically, Missy will be putting the link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so you can check it out. It's really amazing resources for parents who want to make sure that they know what sex ed is being taught at their schools and making sure that it is accurate and inclusive of all. So that is my look. I am listening to, oh gosh, Missy, we've got to get her on the podcast. Um, there's a new podcast called Why Care? And it is Reshma Sajani, um, who's the okay. founder of the Marshall Plan. Yes. Okay. And then also uh, Girls Who Code. So, and somehow she now also has time to do this podcast. <laughs> but Again, people are amazing. Uh, yeah. And it's all about why America's care system is so critical, especially for family care, whether it's elder care, care for babies, those types of things, why it's so critical. And then she co-hosts it with Tim Allen, who's the CEO of care.com, which- Not Tim, the tool man. No, I, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> no, not that Tim Allen. Um, Care.com. And, yeah. I, you know, I haven't had to use it for a while, but I was like, oh, I remember Care.com. That's basically for, you know, to find trusted care providers for elder care for kids, whatever you need. So we've talked on about this topic a lot on our podcast, but, you know, it's not something we dedicate every episode to. And I think it's so important that there is a podcast that is dedicating yes. every episode to this particular topic and how we can change it from a legislative standpoint from, you know, working with different companies. There's just so many different ways to attack this problem and to see a vision. I think Missy's brought this up and they said it on the podcast yesterday. I was like, you're reading Missy's mind. This idea of like, it is possible. I mean, it's not like there's no proof of concept that it works. You can look at pretty much any other country in the world and see that there's ways to do this. So yeah. I'm just so, so, so excited that there's going to be a place for people to get more information on that. And my learn, this is, uh, well, I'm learning a lot from all the books that I've been reading. Um, but also I'm so sad. My son is officially on the last size of children's place, boys, chinos. 
It's so. I can't believe he can still fit in. I guess he's so skinny, but he's, he's so, so tall. skinny. In fact, you okay. Here's what I love about him. And every pant should have that. The little thing on the side yes. of the pants where you can yank on the elastic and like tie up the button to make it whatever waist you need. I mean, we, yep. tie, we tightened it so tight. I thought we were going to run my out of elastic. My 13-year-old still needs that. For sure. Oh my gosh. But I mean, they're $10. They are $10. Well, no, they're not always $10, but when you buy them, like, yeah, 75% of the time they have a sale going on. And I got a three pack of them for $28 and he's the size 18 now, except for what he, I mean, lengthwise, he'll probably lengthwise, be out yeah. in like a month. Tummy wise, I think he's probably a size 18 months. I don't know. He's like, <laughs> he's, he's our tall string bing. But I'm so crushed because literally you go to any other like clothing store, the exact same size, except for like one extra inch of fabric on the bottom pants are 40 bucks. No, and once they change to men's, forget it. Uh, so yeah. I'm so sad. And it's all because school band holiday recitals are such a racket because they want the black <laughs> pants and they want the the Sunday best shoes or whatever. And I'm like, that just cost me a hundred dollars. How? Yep. Well, now it didn't because I got the children's place, $10 yep. pants. But when I thought I was going to have to buy them at the men's and then now he wears shoes the same size as my husband, which I was like, why didn't I just let him have a pair of your shoes? But I bought him a pair of shoes to wear. And yeah, I'm like, this is not economically fair to families. And so I, I went on automatically to his school Facebook group and said, hey, I have these black pants that, and shoes that were worn once last year that are available. So you need them for next year's band yeah. concert. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we will just continually be rotating them. So <laughs> yeah, that's my learn. What about you, Liz? You've been look, listen, learning? Yeah. So um, my look, I read a book recently called Grace. Barack Obama and 10 Days in the Battle for America. It sounds way more intense than it actually is. So it was written by Cody Keenan, who was one of his speechwriters. Yeah. And the 10 days in question are between the St. Emmanuel shooting and when he sang, when Obama sang Amazing Grace. I have heard of that oh. they, they had him on the Pod Save yes. America talking yes. about it. It sounds yes. amazing. It's, that's that's right. why I bought it because they okay. talked about it. And yeah. I was like, this the sounds back of right my up head my alley. Somewhere. Yeah. Yes. So I like I bought it that I think that day or the next day. And uh -huh. it is so good. And I actually tweeted at Cody and I was like, I can't decide what I loved more about it. How you talk about writing or how you talk about your wife. It mm. is just oh. like she was a researcher in the White House. So they uh -huh. like, basically her job is to like, tell him that he's wrong. <laughs> um, it was wonderful. And for me, like, heading right into the midterms and stuff, it was just a well-timed sort of moment yes. for me to, to yeah. read. So I highly recommend it. It was so good. Oh, um, I'm so glad you reminded me of that because yeah. I, it's so funny. I can remember I was pulling into the UPS parking lot to return something when I was listening to that. <laughs> and yeah. oh, it was, it sounded that we need to link to that interview too. It was such a charming yeah. interview. I just yeah, thought he seemed really like was. a really neat guy. And I'm so glad you reminded me of that. Awesome. Yeah. And I love as like a West Wing fan, like I love just getting the behind the scenes of like the White House and Basically hearing that working there is basically as cool as I thought it would be uh -huh. is just, it was, it was wonderful. So that's my looking, I guess, listening. I just switched over to Spotify for all my podcasts mm -hmm. instead of the stupid yeah. Apple app. 
And um, so I just have been like purging and updating and stuff. So a couple, one is called The Weirdest Thing I Learned This Week. And it's a couple of women who work for Popular (laughs) Science Magazine. So when they say weird, it's like weird. weird. (laughs) It's so good. It's great. Um, So that was a good one. And then another one, I guess I searched the word weird because the other one is called History (laughs) for Weirdos. Um, I've heard of that one. Oh my God, these sound amazing. I'm adding these automatically. So I'm a fan of like the, you know, sort of different angle on learning, like still learning things and feeling like I'm not wasting my time just listening to anything. Yes. So anyway, those are my two picks. And then my learning, I just took a pottery class. (gasps) It was the coolest. It was like a spinning wheel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it wasn't so cold out here, I would be drinking out of the mug that I made with my very own hand. And I only sang a little bit of the song from Ghost. (laughs) Making it. Um, But yeah, it was really cool. It's one of those things. Like I've always wanted to try it. And my husband and I would watch the Great Pottery Throwdown. Yes. Um, oh, yes, yes. And we call ourselves theoretical whatevers. We watch the like knife making show and we're theoretical blacksmiths and the pottery <laughs> show, we're theoretical potters. And so this class popped up just like 10 minutes away. And so I did it and it was really cool. And I'm very proud of myself, too, because it's like I'm awesome. by myself. I didn't like have a friend with me or anything. So, yeah, it was really great. And so it was fun to get dirty. This isn't a super dirty crap. Uh-huh. Yeah. Play is very dirty. So it was great. It was a lot of fun. So that's a thing that I learned recently. Oh, I, I need to do that again. I had so much fun in my pottery class. I've yeah, always wanted to do that. Says. And I'm just afraid yeah. I'll be terrible at it. No, oh, you will terrible. for a minute. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> you should see my bowls. They're terrible. But but it's so I watched I so that much fun. pottery throwdown show. And I mean, it's hard. Yeah. Like, very intricate, detailed work going into lots of thought going into All it. You're not just. watch anything that's people who are very good at doing what they yes. do oh yeah I don't care what it is if you're really good at it I want to watch you do it if it's your passion like I'm watching because I love it yes yeah. I got sucked into I, it must have been a TikTok of someone doing a pottery wheel thing and it was this guy that he would like it was like seven different layers and he was adding oh, yeah. blocks on top of it and I was like oh my goodness gracious and yeah it was kind of zen but then it was also just a little bit stressful because I could just see too much of me and like he's gonna get to layer five and it's all gonna go completely but yeah so cool yeah, people who are good at what they do and have a vision and create something like it is yep. inspiring and fun to watch yeah, for yeah sure. I love it I love that learn yeah, okay. me too. What about you, Missy? You've been look, learning, and listening. Uh, learning. God, I, you would think I remember the order of that eventually. <laughs> look, listen, We've only done a few shows. It's hard to learn. <gasps> oh my gosh. We're, this is show 99, y'all. Yeah. Is this show 99? This is show yeah, 99. this is show 99. Wow. So be sure to stick around for next week because I'm sure we'll have something really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna get it figured out between now and then. We'll we'll uh, eat a donut while we record. That'll be our hundredth episode. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Hold on, I have to cough. Oh my gosh. Oh, just in time for your look, listen, learns. Okay. Mute yourself. Okay. Are you okay. That's my learn. I'll go ahead and say my learn now is don't talk to Dr. Google. <laughs> um <laughs> I have had a terrible ear infection like a toddler and have had all this crud for well over a week and like came moved in and sat and stayed and um, I didn't google anything until after the doctor told me that my eardrum was ready to rupture and then even then I waited like 24 hours and then I was like I I gotta know what happens if my eardrum ruptures or what is it gonna feel like or whatever 
And so I started Googling and it went oh. from like your eardrum's going to rupture to you're going to have brain damage and permanent nerve damage in your face. And like Dr. Google is an alarmist, no. very dramatic, but so don't do that. People just talk to your doctor. Sounds <laughs> cool. Um, I, my eardrum did not rupture. Thankfully, I still can't fully hear out of it, but it's getting better and I can feel movement in my ear again. Like it was oh. so full that it was just like this flat, hard drum. It was horrible. So that's my quick learn. Um, my look is when I got sick and I felt terrible, I just turned on the West Wing, which is funny that you mentioned the book, um, your book, Liz, that you brought up, because it's that same feeling for me of like, I know the West Wing is fictional, but they worked really hard to make it somewhat reality. And it's, but it is this idealized White House mm -hmm. where people are really passionate and they care about the right things. And it's also a little disconcerting because we're still dealing with some of the issues, many of the issues that they ta were talking about 20 years ago and why it couldn't get fixed and why things weren't happening and it's partisan politics and why nothing gets done. And so it both warms my heart and makes me angry at the same time. But I spent yes. a few days just going back and the character Leo McGarry is one of my favorite characters yes. on television of all time. And he regularly makes me just weep with his kindness. He's just such a complex, kind man, Leo. And I love to believe that he's real. Um, <laughs> So Wait, anyway, not? I've been watching that. And what I'm going to watch this weekend is Three Pines. So I've never done this before where I've given a look, listen, learn that I haven't actually <laughs> done. <laughs> but I talk about Louise Penny all the time in her books on this. It's been a look, listen, learn many times. Yes. But she writes the Inspector Gamache novels set in Three Pines. And they've turned it into a TV show. Um, and she's been somewhat involved. And she has said there's some things she's not wild about. But for the most part, she really loves what they've done. And it's going to be on Amazon Prime. And I think as we're recording, we're recording on December 2nd, um, I think it premieres today. So by the time this airs, I will probably have binged every available episode. <laughs> and I can't wait. Like, I can't wait to see what they think it looks like and if it looks like what I think it looks like. And so. Oh, that's so cool. That will be that. Yeah. Were you yeah. aware that they were doing this when you were reading the last book? Um, I think I knew. Yeah, probably. She's talked about it off and on. She writes a monthly newsletter, which okay. thing that makes my stomach not because we haven't sent our newsletter in a while and that's on me. But anyway, <laughs> Louise writes a really great monthly newsletter and she you never fails ours. to send it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if she's busy and would like to do our <laughs> newsletter. But it's, it's a great newsletter too. You feel like you're getting a letter from her. And so she's mentioned it off and on. I don't remember when I found out about it though. But I have been picturing Alfred Molina is playing the lead character. Uh -huh. And when I first read that, I was like, I don't know. Like, in my opinion, I think they've messed this up. But now I've seen stills of him and I kind of get it. Uh, okay. So I can't wait to watch it unfold. That's not what he, he looks like the character's description, but at the same time, he didn't look like what was in my mind. You know mm -hmm. how that happens. So I don't know. I'm very excited to see what they've done. And there's a new Three Pines book as well. Um, a new Inspector Gamash novel. So I may be reading and binging all weekend long. We'll see. Nice. <laughs> Ooh, I'm adding that to the list. Yeah. So, well, this was fun, Liz. Thank you so much. And thank you yeah, for cooperating with you. us having to reschedule. It was one of those weeks. It was crazy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm no glad problem. you're feeling better, Missy. Um, thank you. Thank you. I am too. Now time to go figure out what it is I do and how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. And it was so nice. I'm now I'm extra looking forward to uh, mom too. Are you going to be there next year? I think so. I, I put the deposit down and then I saw the email to buy the ticket. But well, yeah, I'm sure I will because I don't, I never miss it. 
Oh, good. Well, hopefully right, we we'll have the there. chance to meet you there then. Definitely. And then also shameless thing. If you guys want to see the house, um, I have another Instagram for the house. <gasps> oh, yes. And it's make this home TV. Wait, okay. has it been? Wait, has it been featured like on TV? No. Oh, okay. no. We, so we actually we started the account when we bought our house in 2020 okay. because the house had been built in 1992 and we bought it from the people who built it. And so it was all super 1992. It was like honey oak cabinets and wallpaper everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And so we looked at 50 houses like middle of the pandemic. We were up here driving three hours every weekend to go look at houses. And we finally found one that was like new enough that it was structurally sound, but ugly enough that like there was lots of projects. Yes. We're both project people. My husband builds furniture. And so it was it was really our dream house. And so we had updated all of this stuff and done all these projects and then it burned down. So now it's a construction <sighs> progress. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. But our new house is so it is so cute. Like, <laughs> yay! I like. Can you see oh, how it cute is that cute? Is? Oh, that's I love the color. Me, yeah, love the color. So, um, I I'm obsessed with it. We like drive by. Like I said, like so, town is like four miles away, and then our house is two miles away, and then we're at my mother in law's house. So it's like a line, and so we drive past our street, like to take Max to school or to go to the grocery store. So. Yeah, it's like really hard not to stop by every single time I drive by just to like go look at yes. it. Yes. Oh my God. So I totally, when the house we're in now, we moved in two years ago and we lived probably a half hour drive away and we would still find excuses mm-hmm. to be like, oh, well, let's just, and we yep. wouldn't like stalk in front of it. We would just kind of drive by real slowly. And be I've like, done that too. There it I is. Don't want the wor- I don't necessarily want the workers to know how often yes. I'm driving by. Oh, so I'm uh-huh. just like super casual. Fortunately, there's like a lot of forerunners in town. So so like I can blend in. Yeah. Sometimes we would take a different car. We'd be like, let's take your car because we drove over yep. the other car last time. Yep. <laughs> oh, well, that oh, is so I exciting. I love to watch we... the building process. I don't, I would be there all the time. Yeah. Yes. It's Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, and you deserve it. You deserve an amazing oh, home to get a moment of relaxation, hopefully, that, in. Yeah. Just so excited to get to know you and your whole story. And uh, really hopeful that listeners will pop on by and take a look and be able yeah. to support you at Pew Pew. Some great stuff. <laughs> yeah, I just want to say Pew Pew all the time. Laser Craft. Yep. Such a great name. It is. And all the links are in the show notes and we'll be sharing it in the socials as well. So people awesome. can be sure to pop on by and, and get some great ideas for the holidays Thanks. or for the Thanks. year ahead and beyond. Perfect. All right. All right. Thank awesome. you so Thank much. You. It was great to meet you both. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us for the mom and dot, dot, dot podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you know someone else who could benefit from the episode, please be sure and share it with them. And while we're begging, please subscribe and rate us wherever it is you listen to podcasts. You can find links to all the things we discussed today in our show notes or over at our website, momandpodcast.com with the A and D spelled out. In between shows, find us over at the socials, including our private mom and community Facebook group. The links to that group and all of our socials can be found at momandpodcast.com. Thank you so much for your support. We appreciate you more than you know. Now go out there and make your ellipses count.